All right, this week we are taking a long and epic journey as we follow uh, our good friend Bo as he takes a journey back to his mother. Along the way, he is treated to a uh, visually exciting and at times confusing three-hour therapy session that deals with uh, childhood trauma, suppressed uh, guilt, suppressed sexuality, um, mental illness, anxiety, self-discovery, and the, you know, just many, many things that can go on and on, and we shall, Zach, we shall. Well, Hunter, I'm excited to talk about this film. Yes. And I need to ask you the question, mm-hmm. but is... But was afraid. Good. Well, you know that's not a very easy question to answer, as you'll soon find out. But perhaps we can we can uh, come to a relatively general consensus as a group. In roughly an hour or so. Together. Together. Let's do that. But is it good podcast? Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Can you imagine if we cut? <laughs> like, once we start posting episodes on YouTube, which I think is in the works. We um, So, uh, we are posting audio. Audio is on YouTube. Yeah, but once we start and posting video, like we, we, like, yeah. cut. And it's just, like... <laughs> it's just our faces. Face. <laughs> uh, you know how you can... Um, I don't know if you set the camera if it's like a post op thing, but it just like follows the face. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. Videos so that, like so some some Macs actually have that built in. I'm not even sure how to do it. Okay. I don't know if it would be on this platform. I know th- I think Zoom has it. I don't know if this platform has it. Can you imagine recording an episode and we're like running around a track? <laughs> but there's just a camera, just like <laughs> tracking our face, so it's just like dead center the entire time. <laughs> The, this is the kind of stuff I think about. What we need to get Welcome. Is, is so, like in the film industry, it's it's not it's called something, but it's like you Steadicam? wear it. Yeah, Steadicam. Maybe it is Steadicam, but like you wear it as it's like a like a backpack, and it comes yeah. over. What if we just had, but like facing our faces? Right. And then we're just like running with that. R- recording the episode. We That'd should do. We should do that and like record it on a green screen. Okay, so j- like, like a treadmill we'd be situation like on a treadmill, yeah, and just like on a green screen, and so we could just run around the planet. We like legitimately should do this. Welcome, welcome to episode one hundred and nineteen of the But Is It Good podcast. Hunter is popping a bump. <laughs> yeah, that hurts. Ouch. <laughs> Why are you popping it? There. Just let it be. Oh, wait, I got it. Ow. Y- your body will pop it when when it's ready. You know, that's not, that, there's no fun in that. Hey, I'm Hunter. I'm your host. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm I'm Zach, uh, and I'm I'm your host. And this is the But Is It Good podcast, where we discuss a movie that we watched in the in in the in the past week. Uh, <laughs> and we have start. a good time, <laughs> and we ask the question, the most important mm. question. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of this question is that it can be applied to so many different things in life. Right. You know, 
dinner, um, your your love life, your date, mm-hmm. uh, your hair, um, your your conscience. That you morning, say, but but is it good? That morning pee, you know. <laughs> That's 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 good. That's 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 usually pretty good. That's always good. Yeah, you know, we asked that be question, any, that'd be a one episode, one podcast. episode podcast. <laughs> yes, it's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, we asked the question, but is it good? Are your favorite movies? Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for checking us out. Yes, I hope you like it and then subscribe to it. And if you really want, you can leave a review. You can. And and a rating. Did you know that what you're listening to right now on Spotify and Apple Music is a five-star rated podcast? Um, that's awesome. Is it? I thought Apple separated it, so it was like the podcast app. Is that not accurate? It's like Apple Podcasts, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, we are a five-star rated podcast. Five stars out of how many? How many stars do they rate out of? Five. We have the most you can get. We are batting a thousand. Uh, we're ten from ten of ten from the floor. If we were playing basketball, right? We're one hundred and nineteen for one hundred and nineteen as of today, as of mm-hmm. this episode. Okay. Okay. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Anyway, we're doing Bo's Afraid. Zach, are you afraid? Uh, mostly. Yeah. So this was very relatable for you. Honestly, this movie was very relatable for me in I a know, lot of ways. It actually was, though, wasn't um, it? <laughs> yeah, which is <coughs> hilarious. Alarming and it's terrifying. Kind of alarming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, at the same time. Um yeah, I'm afraid. I'm I'm <coughs> we'll get Actually, there. hold on, hold on. I so really didn't ask. How are you? I'm good. Me and Zach good. had a f- had a fight. We had a feud. We did have a fight because um, Hunter has a twin brother. His name is Trey. Well, He's a wasn't veterinarian. Wasn't actually a fight. Just so everyone's clear. He's a veterinarian. Um, you interrupted me while oh. I was talking about are, our fight. Are we fighting again? <laughs> Trey comes into town like three times a year, maybe four. Because he lives out in Cali, out on the the west coast, mm-hmm. whereas we are on the east coast, and uh, we were going out, and Hunter had an opportunity to come out with us after a show, because Hollis was well taken care of. He was with uh, Gammy and uh, Paw Paw, yeah, and they love him, you know, and they'll they'll watch him forever. You can just leave him there, and, and <laughs> that is true. He would love that. He would love, love that. that. Yeah. Anyways, and Hunter didn't come out and it, it got under my skin, you know? Well let me um let me try to explain to my two 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 hour listeners that it wasn't one, it was not just up to me. I was not alone. I was with Hannah. As you eat your fucking cereal. <laughs> Excuse okay, my Okay, okay. But let's let's walk this back a little bit. Hold because on a second. Wait. Who who chose who chose to marry Hannah? <laughs> Did Hannah choose to marry Hannah? I guess it's. I guess it all comes back to. to it all comes she, back to you. She said yes. I had to just. All, all I could do was ask. 
I could do is ask. Anyway, I went to see a concert with this, uh, a, a good friend of mine, Abe, Abe Parker. He's playing in Atlanta. And my friend Kafar was playing in his band, and so I went to see him. And we did not leave the venue till about 11 o'clock because after the show we stayed, hung out for a little bit, got a chance to say hey to Abe. And we had not had dinner. So we opted to have a little date night moment, and we went to one of our favorite restaurants in Midtown, Cafe Intermezzo. It's amazing. And it took a while. Uh, so we didn't even get done. We didn't even leave the restaurant until midnight. You're not even listening to me, are you? You're not even listening. I'm pulling up the receipts to make sure your timeline's accurate. All right. And I, I have the receipts, too. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see here. Yeah, we sat down for dinner at like 11.15. And uh, didn't leave until after midnight. And here's the thing. I had to get up at like 6.30 to go get Hollis, okay? Because my mom, while she had graciously watched him night before, had told us that she needed him to be picked up pretty early because they had a lot to do that day. We had a shower to go to. And we had an, like an hour drive home. So while you guys were going to Uber back to your place and crash, we would have had to have dri- driven like an hour. Uh, uh, I had an air mattress. and I understand that. I understand that, but we would have had to have got. I had to get Hollis at like seven o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. We don't need to have the. We don't need to have this fight on air. But I do <laughs> want to say, I do want to say that for weeks, here's here's what gets under my, uh, uh, up in my crawl or how, whatever the saying is, right? You know, here's what really grinds my gears. For weeks, you had been leading on. That, yeah, we're going to try to come out. And it sounds like from the beginning of the night, it was clear that you were not going to, and you didn't let us know. That's that what is, gets under my that skin. That is not entirely true. I had well, not, when did I you had find the out desire. That, when, did you, when did you find out? I had the desire to meet up with you guys. But previously, maybe I didn't tell you, but I had told Trey and Chase, I'll let you guys know. It's probably unlikely, but we'll see. See, if we had, that was if, not related if, to me. If we had gotten dinner beforehand, the odds of us coming out to see you guys were, were much, much higher. Okay, so again, this but falls all on you. I, all I can say is you called me something that I've never been called in my life, and I was very hurt, and you called me an entire list of things. And I'm not about to tell you those lists of what those things were because that's actually not what you said. You said, mm-hmm. and I quote, you are a list I thought it was really funny. Yeah, I was probably trying case, to say something else. In case you guys can't tell, we're joking. I'm sure you were mad at me, but you're, you know, whatever. We're f- it, was, it was around the same time that Trey texted, just to let you know what, what frame of mind we were in, uh, Trey texted me and said, we are haunted, the bar T. <laughs> Trey texted me this morning, yesterday morning, and I said was you, and then I said yeah. me, and he said her, and I said he, and he said her too, and that was literally all it said. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, Human epidermal uh, uh, <laughs> growth receptor. Growth receptor. Two. two. All right, let's get in the movie. You ready? Yeah. So, uh, Hunter, what are your first impressions? Okay. Of Bo is afraid. So this movie we saw it together in Midtown. We missed the first five minutes, unfortunately. 
Um, <coughs> so that first five minutes could have changed my entire perception of the film. I'm just kidding. I'm trying to be funny. I'm trying to be funny. I'm not very good at it. Um, this movie was an experience. It truly was an experience. I feel like it's one of the most challenging films I've ever seen. Um, it is a technical masterpiece, and I think the direction is phenomenal. Um, and I think you have no choice but to respect the film. But I will say for me that as it sat with me over the past few days, I like it more and more. When we left the theater, I think even you said this, I was kind of like in shock. Mm-hmm. And just kind of like, I've got to process this. I can say during the film, I was completely enamored and I was completely sucked in the entire time. Mm-hmm. There are some aspects of the film that I think are maybe a little too far out there in the sense of like, <clears throat> so literal, but at the same time, so metaphorical and symbolic <coughs> that people can might At the take same it. time? Yes, and I'll explain that. It's about the thing in the attic. Um, like, that's so outrageous that you're kind of like, what in the world am I looking at? But then there's also, as a whole, I think the film is really, really powerful because, unfortunately, it is very relatable. And I related this film, one, as a person who has a parent, as all people do, but also as somebody who has a kid. Seeing kind of both sides, it was really fascinating. But I think the performances were great. Um, there's so much. There's so much. But I actually think, as it's kind of happened to me, I actually really did like it. And those are my thoughts. Zach. Okay. What okay. about you? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> this movie, three-hour runtime. Uh, I think I was in shock for about two and a half of that. Yeah. Uh, just because the plot unfolds in a way that is so unexpected, and it it, it keeps you on your toes. Uh, I'll say that this is like, you know, Ari Aster's The Odyssey, right? It's just this journey across, you know, time and space. Um, it takes us to landscapes that you know we are not familiar with. Some of my favorite films do that kind of stuff, like um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, Interstellar. I would argue that um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind has has you know some similarities to this film. And those are some of my favorite films. So this, just the style of this film is primed to uh, work in my favor and be something that I would I would I would really enjoy. Um I think Joaquin Phoenix did a phenomenal job. Uh because he wasn't he doesn't act he, I don't know, he's, he feels like he's not he's not um acting directly at the audience. He's I don't I don't know how to explain it, but he he does it in a way that's subtle. And uh, I, I just think he did a phenomenal job. I think everyone associated with the film, like all, all the other actors in the film, did a, a phenomenal job as well. And um, the more I've thought about it, which has been a, couple, a few days now, uh, I think 
it's so funny because the the reviews have been you know pretty pretty polarizing. You know, there's a lot. I, oh, even yeah. in our theater, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent here, but no, you're good. even in our theater when we were leaving, there were two camps of people. There were the people that were thinking, "Did I just pay money to watch that?" Yep. And then there were the people that were thinking, "Did that only cost twelve dollars?" Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like it's. Uh, but I'll say that I think that this is my favorite first watch since Everything Everywhere All at Once wow. that we've reviewed that we've reviewed on the podcast. Like this, that's, I loved that's it. Some high praise right there. I loved it. Because I mean I mentioned Interstellar, um, um uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And th- those movies have those aspects that I was talking about. You know, it's it's this like dreamlike, ethereal, you know, taking us across time and space and, you know, mm-hmm. all these wacky things. We, we, we go into, like, the absurd. And this movie has a lot of the absurd. But those movies are all grounded in, like, one of the main themes in all of those movies is love, right? And in this movie, it's fear. And yeah. I think that's a really interesting direction to take it. Um, I wasn't sure if this was going to be a, 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 a true horror film. I think it was. <laughs> like, this film yeah. was terrifying to me personally um and no i just i thought it was phenomenal i can see why people wouldn't like it uh but it's this is my like niche this is my niche in in the film world i told um hannah and like her you know my my mother-in-law and people in my life i said i think most people in my life would probably hate this movie yeah, I said Zach is kind of the only person that I am close to that would that I would be like, yeah, I'm like I'm down for this. Mm-hmm. And there definitely there's gonna be. I, I was listening to to a, like a reviews from somebody and they were saying theaters need to make their return their their refund policy very clear because there's gonna be folks who like I feel bad for folks who don't know what they're getting into because they're gonna be like I don't like what is happening. Yeah, and even folks that are just like, oh, I like Hereditary. Let's go watch this. It's not like it's a different, and you can't actually ever really be fully prepared for what you're gonna get. But you kind of have to know, mm-hmm. like the film wants you to just kind of surrender to it, and you kind of have to do that in order yeah. to like really kind of go along with it. Um, because you know you you think to yourself, this can't get any weirder, and then the next scene happens, and you're like, oh, actually, it can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does. Yeah, yeah, that's some high praise, though. Um, I'm excited to dive in. But first, we must discuss the spoilers. Sp- spoiler monster in the attic. Mm. Um, he's mm-hmm. up there. Which in, its, which in itself could be, but... Yeah. Should I... Sh- but we're Should going up, up anyways because yeah. at this point you're you're aware. You, yeah, you're in it. So we're pulling down the ladder. I mean, <sighs> y'all know if y'all have seen Midsummer and Hereditary, both of those have spooky things in the attic. That's like one of his defining things that he puts yes. in movies. So yes. there's something spooky in the attic, and we're gonna look up there. And what's that spooky <laughs> thing? It's a spoiler. Oh my god! Uh, that's oh, they're 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 eating her, and then they're going to eat me. Oh my god! Have you seen that clip? I have. What's that from? I, I don't. It's like the Goonies too, or something like that. It's not. Okay. It's not, it might, not, might, not, might not be the Goonies, but it's from. It's one of the worst. It's like what? It's like the worst acting of all time. Doesn't matter. Deep cut. Um. So that's time for movie in a minute. I have the uh, privilege of 
trying to explain this movie. You want me to give minute. you a song? Uh, yeah, give me a song while I pull up a timer, please. Do 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 Movie in a minute. Gonna talk about it in sixty seconds. Do 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 do. Talk about the movie in sixty seconds. Do do do. Oh. Sick, amazing. All right, <clears throat> this is uh, Bo's Afraid mm. in exactly 60 seconds, no more, no less. Every scene, every detail, every line of dialogue. I set the bar high for myself. Just kidding, here we go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In three, two, one. All right, we meet Bo. He's born, he's going to therapy. You know, he has some mommy issues. He lives in... Uh, what Fox News thinks is an urban city, how they would describe an urban city. Anyway, it's falling apart. There's people dying on the streets, decay, there's drug users, blah, 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 a bunch of crazy stuff. Uh, he takes his medicine uh, without any water, doesn't have any water. He's trying to go see his mom, uh, but his key gets stolen, and then he just kind of, things start happening. He's trying to get home. He's, you know, attacked by this guy and just falls out of the ceiling, and he's running around naked, and it gets... Stabbed, hit, get, hit, gets hit, hit, hit by a car and stabbed by another naked dude. This couple takes him in the suburbs. They stitch him up. He's trying to get home. They're like, we're taking him tomorrow, but their teenage daughter is going crazy. She kills herself, and he gets blamed for it. So he runs out into the woods, and they send this guy who has PTSD after him. He goes on this long metaphorical journey in this play. Uh, anyway, he gets back home to his mom. His mom faked her death. He goes to this trauma, goes on trial in his brain, and then a boat capsizes, and he dies. That's pretty good. I missed so much. I missed the fact where he like has sex with Elaine and she dies. We're in spoiler territory. Mm-hmm. I missed the giant penis monster. I can't believe I didn't mention the giant penis monster. You missed the phone call with Bill Hader where he <laughs> finds out that his mom is dead, even though oh, yeah. she's not actually. Oh, yeah. When he sees her on the laptop and then throws up on it. <coughs> or does he see I Elaine? I think he sees Elaine. Okay. Anyway, let's 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 uh, do our best. So here's what I'm proposing, and it's not going to be perfect because there's a lot of stuff. But I was telling Zach earlier we should do the city, the suburbs, the woods, and then his home. Mm-hmm. It'll be messier sections. than that, but that's what we're going to do. It will. Those are the sections. Before we start, I do want to mention just off top, uh, if you like films and you are interested in filmmaking and the technical aspect of filmmaking, this movie is a master class. Um, the framing, the colors, the the direction, I loved. This is just, I want to be brief, I just want to mention it. There are so many lingering shots. How long mm-hmm. he held shots, editing, is all incredible whether or not you like these kind of movies whether or not you end up liking this film as a like as a story and what it says forget about that just looking at it on the surface as a technical piece is impeccable i don't know if you would agree but those are my thoughts on what i do agree there. yeah no i i absolutely agree um every every shot's intentional you know and i think this is a film that I think some modern film teachers are going to use this film and be like, look at this. Look how cool this mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. This is cool. 
Yeah, there's tons of great, like, just tons of great frames. There's there's a 20-minute dream sequence that is one of the coolest sequences in the entire film. I think it's like 20 minutes. It's long, long as hell. And it blends, like, CG and green screen and real-life stuff and mm-hmm. animation, and it's just really, really crazy. Um, so just know that if, like, if, if you like movies and are interested in film and the industry and the process and the filmmaking – you got to see this movie. Like, you just got to. Yeah. Um, but anyway, okay, let's dive in. We're starting in the city. Now, preface this by saying me and Zach missed the first five minutes. Well, so the, the first five minutes open. Can I, t- can I tell you something funny? Please. Um, I So I have, like, an AMC membership, so I can get tickets, like, three tickets a week, and I can go see three movies a week for free. Mm-hmm. So because we missed the first five minutes, I went, <laughs> I went and... Uh, uh, I watched the first half of the movie again, and then I had to head back. I had to head down to Peachtree City today. Oh, nice! So I saw the first five minutes. Okay, sweet. And and it's 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 um, all we missed was uh, Bo's mom giving birth to him. We hear her mm-hmm. like cries and screams, and he comes out, and he's not crying or anything. He's just like staring at her with a look of guilt, uh, guilt. like al- already. I don't know how they put baby guilt on a baby face, but they did it. <coughs> so anyways, that's what we missed. And then he's in therapy with yep. his therapist. Gotcha. Um, Dr. Cohen, right? No. Yeah. No, not Dr. Cohen. It's the guy from Dune. Dr. Jeremy Friel. Um and it's obviously implied that he's, you know, he's got some issues with his mother. Some unresolved mm-hmm. things with his mother, but let's just talk about like as a whole, and we can kind of discuss things here and there if you want. But like, from therapy to when he gets hit by the car, right? Okay. Yeah. Um. Thoughts. Uh. So, my impression when watching it was that Bo is a man who has a lot of pent up. Anxiety, uh, uh, just like it, it seems like someone who's been overprotected and oversheltered their entire life and sees everything around them as a threat mm-hmm. in a similar way to, uh, like the character, the main character in Pink Floyd's The Wall, like the where. So I didn't get the sense that he was actually living in a city where, uh, like there was a man named uh, Birthday Boy Stabman who was yeah. running around the city butt naked, stabbing people and wasn't being caught, or, like, just mobs of... <laughs> the mob, like, right outside his apartment building. Um, is That's constant, like, the constant Constant. Mob. There's the one guy the that's guy dancing. Who's yeah. dancing the entire time. Yeah, he was my favorite. But when, when we were watching it, I didn't get the sense that that was, like, those were things that were actually happening, right? I got the sense that those were, like, um, um, manifestations of his internal anxiety about mm-hmm. what could happen in the world around him like he had the fox news brain yeah <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean yeah like like that, like yeah. um now later in the movie it gets convoluted and maybe those things were real i'm not sure but that's the sense that i get and i think it's really well done um but it's surreal it's already we're in surreal territory in my opinion yeah. because it doesn't like this would not 
this would not exist in the world today, right? Yeah. A, a place where there's people just outside with AK. Well, maybe there are places where people are just out on the street with AK-47s, <laughs> you know? But yeah. you get you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, like where the where the guy jumps off the building and then his body just lays there for like a week. Right, right. Dude is li- literally rotting on the ground. Dude, the guy was on his phone like, <laughs> we're trying to get him to jump. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like this, dude, I, I thought it was just, it's so good. This, this... This this first section of the film, <coughs> you have to, I mean, it's almost satirical in nature for where it's like this super outlandish, like, over-the-top kind of, and I, you know, like, I don't mean to disrespect, I guess, anybody who, who's a fan of that channel, but, like, it feels like what Fox News thinks an urban city is like, you know what I'm saying, where it's like, like, um, have, you, have you been to San Francisco? No, I haven't. So... You missed you know. that conversation when you didn't come out with us because we were talking about oh. California. So, <laughs> uh, it's painted as like this dumpy homelessness everywhere mm-hmm. shithole city. And look, there's like a corner, like a block where homeless where they they where they go. That's it's real. There's footage. You, you can see it. But like when we went there. It's it's just so far from what you actually experience. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Um, or like even here in Atlanta, you know, like you're like, oh, if you go into Atlanta, you, you know, you're going to get shot. And it's like, well, you know, I mean, I guess you technically could, but like you, you could get, get shot, shot anywhere. Um, <clears throat> and so like you're saying, it feels like whether it's real or not, if it's not, then it's this projection of like, yeah, what he's been kind of. I guess what he maybe expects or what he's kind of seeing every single possible thing that could possibly be bad is right outside his door. Right. Um, it's a projection of his worldview, right? Because yeah. like it, it it's clear early on that Bo doesn't make decisions for himself. He's very mm-hmm. uh submissive and uh I mean he gets on the phone with his mom and he's like, I lost my keys, you know, I, I don't have a key to my apartment. Uh, what do you think I should do? And and she gaslights him, and we can talk about that in a second. But all that to say, we get the impression that Bo, everything that he believes, he's gotten from his mother. Like, that's the impression that I get right from the beginning um, and from the previews of the film, right? Yeah. Um, I, I do want to say real quick, this is like a pretty big, like stylistically, this is a, a, a departure from like the tone of... Hereditary. I mean, we can yeah. we can talk about Hereditary because we reviewed that on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Hereditary is a fun movie. No, no, it's very serious. It's very it's dark from the get go. There's no. Is there any any real comic relief? Like, there's I, I, not. Not not that I can recall. At least it, you just feel gross from like the first <laughs> ten minutes in, you know. And whereas this film is funny throughout. Yes. Uh, but. Uh, the f- even the humor, I still felt anxiety because, <laughs> and this is literally like a, a meme on Twitter that came out like a week before the movie. It's It was uh, uh, Robert De Niro's face, you know, like his like signature look, like from mm-hmm. like Meet the Fockers or whatever, when he's looking at you and he's like, what the hell? Uh, and he's got that look and it says, you're laughing. Bo is afraid and you're laughing. And that's like <laughs> what this movie is because yeah. Bo, at no point in the film... Does Bo like recognize things as being funny? Right, yep. he's he's in hell, 
Mm-hmm. This movie is Bo in Hell, right? Yep. And so even when I'm laughing, like, I feel... Because Joaquin Phoenix's performance is, you know, it's great. Anyways, I don't mean to hijack the Well, no, but I mean, it's just... The conversation. It's, so f- it's really interesting, just like, you know... As the film goes on, the concept of fear is always present, but it gets, in my opinion, a little less obvious. Um, I mean, he's it's he's he's always afraid, yes, but it shifts from being like, "Oh, I've got to get home," like that becomes his focus. Not so much like I'm afraid of everything. Fear is still the central theme, but in this first opening, you know, section, f- fear is gone. Well, but but the reason he needs to get home. And the reason he's willing to put himself in harm's way, the reason why after he's been hit by a car and he's literally has stitches coming out and he's bleeding all over the place, he still has the drive to get home is because all of that fear, all that like uh, uh, external fear, like in the world, environmental fear, I guess, is superseded by the fear he has for his mother. So I wouldn't say that it becomes less apparent. I think it becomes more apparent um, yes, because as someone yeah. with a parent, uh, <laughs> like that's a very real thing, right? Like yeah. I've, I've felt before uh, where, you know, I had to maybe not like f- physically put myself at risk, but definitely mentally in order to like appease the expectations oh, yeah. of a parent, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, what I was yeah. getting at was just like, how the film, like, it's, it's it sets this foundation of, like, constant on-edge fear. And there's one that actually, to me, maybe Ari Aster knew this, was a massive trigger. And it's mm. kind of funny. It's funny because, like, I've, it's not, like, this actual, cra- I mean, it can be a very serious thing. But, like, I hate spiders. You hate spiders? Yeah. Yeah. And the that fear of spiders was born out of the discovery of a specific spider, and that is the brown recluse. And so, literally, he walks into his apartment, and on his door mm-hmm. is like a like a sign saying, "Hey, we have found that there are brown recluses in, in this the building. building." And then, as he's walking in, you see one on the floor. And so, like that's kind of funny. not not just that because it's scary enough to see a spider. Before it comes into Bo's line of vision, it's, it's under the it's couch. Gone. So yeah, it's, it's gone. Yeah, exactly. And me and you have a funny story that we don't have to tell it, but like of a spider going behind a poster when mm. like ten, 10 years ago, when we were like, we're going to leave this house actually now because like. We threw a shoe, I'll give <sighs> an abridged version, saw yeah. a spider, freaked out. We were playing FIFA, threw a shoe, uh, missed the spider, spider disappeared. We went to Waffle House for like an hour and then just assumed that the spider died or left yeah. and didn't worry about it anymore. Yep. Um, but for me, like, it's those tiny little things that, like, mm-hmm. set this, just this foundation. So his foundation, his resting state is fear. You know what I'm saying? Um, yes, it all stems from his mother, uh, but it's just that fear. Um, and then even little things where like, you know, just weird stuff happens. Like the thing about his, he gets this note, you know, throughout the night. Um, but like little things where it's like, yeah, there's sirens and there's murmuring going on outside, but it sounds just like a city. Um, but then the next morning when he calls his mom after his key's been stolen, his mom starts getting frustrated, you know, and then you hear like gunshots and things like erupt outside. And so it's like, 
this might lean into the it's all kind of a projection theory where it's like he's getting probably triggered by his mom and then it just starts amplifying Absolutely. everything outside. Absolutely. That's when like there are li- literal riots happening outside, right? Yeah. Is when when he gets on the phone with his mom and uh and after he gets the phone call from the UPS man, where is he when he gets that phone call? Is he at the store? No, he's he's back in his apartment after he spent the night outside. Okay, okay. So he's like so, trying to clean up everything, right? Yeah. His place is trash because the whole literal mob. Like, right. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. It's Went so inside, he, and that one guy he, was still he, dancing. Yeah. He takes he takes medicine. Doesn't have any water because of course there's no water. Yeah. Uh, he goes across the street, which that that shot of him running from a from his door to the to the store mm-hmm. running through everything was was great he like dodges bullets like getting to the store and then literally his worst fear his worst fear is that because he left the door open because he doesn't have his keys is that the entire mob finds their way into his building and they all go directly to his apartment right 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 yeah directly to so his. yes so he spends the night outside he's he's in his apartment cleaning up when he gets the phone call or where he could, when he calls his mom. So then he tries to, I guess, decompress in a bath. Yep. Gets in the bath and oh no, he's drawing the bath when he gets the phone call because yes, you're because right, you're right, you're right. it's all overflowing because he's been standing there for like an hour, hour or longer, yeah. right? Well, more because it goes from like day to night, right, or something like that. Right, right, right. So he's drawing a bath. He gets the call. He decides to to take the bath to try and decompress. And this is where, this was like the first, because this was all surreal, but it all seemed to like track. It all seemed like consistent. But when he's laying in the bath and he gets hit with like a bead of sweat on his forehead and he mm. looks up and the guy's just like up there like a ninja. That's when I was yeah. like, that was my first, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> because yeah. it just seems so um, Different, like it seemed different in tone. I don't know. Yeah, Does that make cause, sense? Yeah, because there's there's so many like instant questions of like one, how long has that guy been there? Because he right. looks like he's like frantic, like trying not to fall. He's sweating, obviously. Why is he there? What's he hiding from? Yeah. But then like how Bo reacts, he just sort of looks at him. Right, and have, right. And they have frozen this, like, with fear, right? Yeah, but like it's this fear, but also this look of like, do I need to move? Yeah. Get, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's just sort of there. And then, of course, the brown recluse crawls on his face. <laughs> yeah, that that got so, me. Yeah, that got dude. me. That was awful. So then he falls. Um, and they have, like, this tussle in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Um, Bo's naked. I'm going to say a sentence that will come into play later. Just forgive me. But we see that Bo has very engorged testicles. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, yes. It's very brief in this scene, but like that actually comes to play later. Um and so then just then just hell just breaks loose, right? He runs out, he's screaming. So it wasn't nighttime though, because when he's <sighs> screaming outside it's daytime. It right? is daytime. So you're right, you're right, you're right. Um but he's run he's he's run outside screaming, so now he looks like the birthday boy stab man killer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um but then we get this kind of social commentary. It's it's brief, but it's throughout the film, like with the 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 daughter and like social media, they're filming stuff. But then we get a sort of commentary on like police brutality, where he's this unarmed butt naked man, 
screaming for help, and the cop is like gun drawn, and he's like, "Oh yeah, don't like you're gonna make me do this." Yeah, he literally has his hands him. up. Literally he's has like, his hands up. He's I'm like, not don't moving. Make, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. Don't make me shoot you, basically, right? Yeah. Um, and then he gets stabbed by a birthday boy well, he stab gets, man. He gets, he gets hit by a car. Oh, you're right. You're right. Right. <laughs> he gets hit by a car, and then he wakes up in the suburbs to find that he had been stabbed by birthday boy stab man, which just shows that whole scene. His hands torn apart. That was awful. In the side and in the hand and ugh, ugh. But that brings us to the suburbs. We're already at 45 minutes. It's going to be a long episode, probably. There's so much to discuss. But anyway, briefly, let's try and, I guess we can try and be quick um, within reason. The suburbs, he's being taken care of by, um, let me pull up the actual cast list. This overbearing family. Amy, Amy Ryan and Nathan Lane, Grace and Roger. Yeah. He is a doctor and she's a lawyer. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. Um, Anyways, uh, rather yeah, than taking taking him to the hospital, they have him at their home uh, because he's a surgeon, I guess. So he can he can just do it at home, and uh, it becomes apparent pretty quickly that something's weird there. First of all, he f- he has cameras all over the place, and and she's trying to like tell him at one point. Yeah, yeah, she's like trying to like sneak him messages and say like. She says, "Like stop incriminating yourself." She just keeps trying to tell him, which which we'll get to channel seventy eight in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have a daughter who is obviously Tony. not okay with yeah. uh, him being there, but also just the way that she's treated by her parents because yeah, so she also has a dead brother who died who, in. Yes, you go, you go, you no, talk. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> you talk. No, no, no. You talk. Well, no, I was saying like she's the other forgotten child right right um, right right because they have like a sanctuary uh for what's his name crap i can't remember his name it's, it's not crap <laughs> um um anyway yeah so he you know this like there's this whole s- empty room that Bo could have stayed in that mm-hmm. you know they won't open um so tony acts out in that's putting it very, very lightly, actually. In she's doing reaction. drugs. She's Crazy drugs, yeah. She's hyping up Jeeves, who Jeeves. is is like a unstable vet who uh, was on duty with their son and saw him die. And then later, I'm not sure if it was later or if it was when her son died, but he was found shooting everybody. like uh, Yeah, like shooting like dead bodies and stuff. Right. Doesn't matter if it was an enemy, if it was if it was his own like crew. I don't know. I don't want to say like battalions like big, right? It's not battalion, but you yeah. know what, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Fire team. If we were playing yeah. COD. Um. But yeah, this this to me like it's so funny because this goes from like these sort of stereotypes of like the crazy crime ridden city, right, to like the picture perfect, sweet, caring suburbs, but also that there's something off. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of a thing in like in cinema and like stories where it's like, it's it's the safe quote unquote safe suburbs, but something's not quite right. You know? Mm-hmm. They're both calling him uh, like sport or kiddo. You know, like yeah. as if he is a child, even though he's a grown man, right? Roger talks like an like a like an outdated like sitcom dad. Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. So. uh 
Do you want to talk about Channel 78? Because we do need to keep this moving along. Yes. And so long story short, he's trying to get home. He gets, you know, he finds out that his mom's actually dead. Make it very clear that her head got blown up or something by a chandelier. And Roger keeps saying, I'm going to take you home. I'll drive you. They won't let him fly. And it, it keeps doing the gaslighting of like, oh, you know, we'll, just, we'll, we'll go tonight. Oh, we'll, we'll go in the morning. So he's trying to get home. Um, is this, is 78 before or after he takes, he smokes with Tony? It's after. Okay. Because so Channel 78's right before he has to get out of town. Out. Yeah. So, yeah. So she tries to take him, but like, make, just gives him some drugs and like, you know, he, he, he can't get out of there. I don't think she was trying to take him. I think she was just <laughs> trying to get him in the car and get him to smoke with her because she, yeah, so she needed to feel something. <laughs> he's he's in a very lucid state of mind, right? And so uh, Grace is like, you know, trying to leave, and she whispers like Channel Seventy Eight. And so he turns on the TV, and it's mm-hmm. it's him. It's like a camera in the room, and it's him. And he can rewind. He can pause. This is actually where I expected some horror elements, and we got some. Um, yeah, and I expected him to like rewind something and like see something crazy, right? Doesn't he fast forward and see what he's going to but do in the yeah, future? But then he fast forwards and he sees the end of the movie actually. Like he sees the scene of him sitting at his at his mom's house at the funeral. Does he? I thought he just yeah, saw yeah. No, it's it's quick. He's like sitting on like on a ledge and then he sees the scene of him like rowing the boat out into like nowhere, which is the very very end of the movie. Mhm. He's he's he sees himself coming out of the woods. Okay. Um, and then that all happens. Yeah. So then Tony's like, hey, let's get fucked up, right? You know, let's go. And she takes paint into her dead brother's room and tries to paint over everything, you know, trying to, I guess, to try and, like, erase that. Um, and she's, like, begging him. She's like, let's get fucked up. You won't get fucked up with me. You know, you don't. You hate me. You're just like them, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I just, you know, hey, what's going on? And so she ch- chugs paint. Yeah. She chugs paint. And then she dies. She dies. <laughs> well, first she paints his name on the wall. So when um, the mom walks in, <coughs> whose name I can't remember. Grace. Grace. When Grace walks in, she sees Bo written on the wall of her it, dead son's room. Bo? No, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're she right. She wrote I, Bo. I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She writes Bo on the wall, and then uh, she's, like, dead from paint intoxication. So, And Bo has paint on his hands, I think, because he was trying to I save her. I think he's, like, holding her. Yeah, he's, like, holding yeah. her. Yeah, right, right. So she tries, <laughs> tries to resuscitate her daughter, gets paint on her mouth, so it looks like she blew a Smurf, and then she's screaming, <laughs> what did you do? What did you do? You know? Um, she's like, I see you now. You know, she turns on him. So then he runs out of the... Gla- Does she grab a knife? Does she go to the kitchen and grab a knife? Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe, because he jumps out of the window, right? Right. He jumps out of the window, gets glass in his head, and then she yells, Jeeves, get him. Meanwhile, he has a literal like tracking monitor on his bra- on his ankle. Yes, he does. That's An supposed to monitor his health or whatever. Um, so he's running through the woods, you know, and this poor man... Uh, just <laughs> runs back into a tree. Mm. And we have to preface, I think this is a good time, we're at the midway point, which we'll try and speed up. Um, we should preface that, like, whenever he's unconscious, he has these dreams, 
we see these flashbacks to him on the boat as a kid when he meets Elaine. Uh, uh, and then this dream of him in the bathtub or like his mom trying to get him to take a bath. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we see we see that there's like Bo, she's talking to Bo, but also Bo's already in the bath. It's like two of them kind of thing. And then we get that shot of her sending the other Bo up into the attic. Right. And I and I think she says like we don't talk about you anymore or something like that. So there's two bows and one doesn't want to get in the bath and she sends that one up into the attic and then she points to the other one and says are you afraid and he says no. So the bow that's not afraid is the one in the bath. But something bad happens to that one because the not afraid bow is is, is no longer exists. Does that make uh, okay. sense? Like yeah, if you I've had like two halves I've of your psyche and one was like courageous yeah, so, uh, yeah, like the hero I've I took it as like the the more defiant bow version of bow got sent up to the attic. Okay. And got like put away. Um, Maybe. And the, one, and the one that like that complied was the one that survived. Because that's Maybe you're like right. that's like what trauma really is, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you just, yeah. Um, and then when he goes up in the attic at the end and there's that old thing in there, I thought that was maybe his dad, but maybe it's the other him. It's like it's the other him, yeah, and which could be even though it's not the same age, <laughs> which could be metaphorical or because I think right. I read somewhere and I, and I have to watch it again that apparently he's the old guy up there is wearing the same t-shirt as the young bow in the dream. Oh, okay. Well I didn't then, yeah. I didn't recognize that. That, makes that could sense. be that could be that he literally had a twin brother that got has been up there for 35 no. years. Or it could just be a more of a. Are you saying metaphorical? That what, are you saying that what happens in the attic is not real? No, it, it I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm saying. Well, we'll get. I to don't it. know. I don't know what's real and what's not. But everything can't be real in this movie. That's true. Which brings us to the woods. So he goes to the woods, and again, I'm trying to be quick. Um, he gets brought into this like traveling troop, like. Carnival, mm-hmm. not, not carnival, but like play, like traveling, like, you know, play troop. The orphans of the woods, whatever. And uh, he gets to watch this play that is kind of like about his life in the sense, not like literally, but like him. And he goes on this crazy long journey. And this sequence is gorgeous. Oh, it's um, beautiful. Yeah. It's but he, he meets this woman who is pregnant. Mm-hmm. And who uh, like helps him and is like quickly bonded to him. Sorry, I just wanted to get that out there because I think it yeah, yeah. directly connects to the <laughs> the play and how he sees himself in it. So continue. Yeah, because she's kind of like that maternal figure that actually is kind and caring for him. Um, but long story short, I'm gonna be quick and I apologize. But in this in this play, he goes on this journey where he makes different choices. Right. Um, he goes out into the world and he falls in love with a woman and uh, has three sons. I believe the exact the exact phrase of the film was she will become pregnant because you will have sex with her and right. you will have three kids. And then he gets separated by from his family by these, this massive wave, which you can see that as a wave of depression, you can see that as a wave of circumstance, whatever, and then spends the rest of his life, so he's an old, old man, searching for his family. Uh, his family. And then he comes back, finds his village again, goes to a play, and then the play is about him, his story, and it's his three kids on stage. And he was reunited with, with his sons, and he's... it's a, Actually, it's a really beautiful... Mo- like, that, that scene was a 
really beautiful, powerful moment. Yeah. But then it also takes a turn where he then tells his sons about his his father and how his dad died at the moment of climax <laughs> mm-hmm. when his mother was impregnated. So the, we'll just speak like adults here. The orgasm killed him. And so then Bo tells his kids, that's why I can't be with a woman. I can never be with a woman because if I do that, then I'll die. And then the dream ends with his kids saying, well, then how did you have us? And then he finds himself standing next to this pregnant woman yep. who uh, uh, I'm not sure if it's literally in the credits or if it is if it was just in a review. But I saw her, re- her, her referred to as Hero Bo's wife. So like the okay, implication, yeah, yeah. the implication being that she's almost like this Virgin Mary figure. That he like falls, he comes into this village and he finds his home essentially. You know, they were very yeah. welcoming of him and they were like, let's clothe you and blah, 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 blah. Come join us. Haha, <laughs> fairies of the forest. And then he, um, he, f- you know, found somebody who cared for him, which was her, mm-hmm. right? And then without having sex, had three sons. So I guess the implication is that she could have been that for hero, hero bow. But this is not a hero's story, is it, yeah, Hunter? It is not. Um, so then, at this moment, uh, Jeeves <laughs> has found him. But before that, we get this moment with this man who tells Bo, hey, your father's not dead. Um, I worked with your mother to help him or something like that, implying that the father is still alive or at least was. But Bo thinks Bo, that that man could be his father. Yes, right? but Bo says like he calls him dad, and this really, f- unfortunately, unfortunately funny moment of he says dad run, and then he explodes because Jeeves is here with a grenade launcher. Um, and you know Jeeves is trying to he's just blowing everybody up, blowing him down with like an assault rifle, but then falls, and has this all right for like on his shoulder and just blows his own shoulder up for whatever. Well, cause doesn't, doesn't one of the guys pull a gun out of the, uh, <laughs> yeah. like giant horn thing. Yeah. Out of something. And so maybe he shot him and then he fell over, but then just kept firing into his own body. Yeah. Anyways, Bo gets away. Right. But he gets zapped or whatever. In, like in, incapacitated. And then we get another vision. Another that one, that, that was either the bath or that might have been, no, because we already knew how, at some point there was a dream sequence where we find out how he was conceived and why his dad's not around. Yes, right. Anyways, like his we, mom's telling him. Anyways, we get another dream sequence. It could have been something. It could have been yeah, anything. Or really. it's like maybe we actually see like the full story of Elaine where like she kissed him on the boat and then had to leave. Maybe. And was like, wait for me. And he was like, I'm in love with her and I'll wait, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, but, you know, throughout this time, we're getting stories from his mom saying, like, men are blind, you know, um, your father and your grandfather have this hereditary thing where, like, as soon as you have an orgasm, then you're dead. Uh, and so Bo, this is where we start seeing, this is why I talked about the engorged testicles, we start seeing this extremely repressed sexuality, and it just adds to his, like, stunted growth as a person. He's, you know, he wears, like, eight-year-old PJ, like, like child PJs, you know. It has his name on it. Um, well, those were acts. given to him. Well, no, I know, but, like, 
it 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 all plays into this like he's a child kind of thing, you know. Um <clears throat> so then we go to he comes out of the woods, hitchhikes his way home to w- w- Wasserton. So the t- town's named after his mom. And then we get to his house, right? Right. The funeral's already over. The corpse, it's an open casket funeral for some reason, even though she has no head. Yep. Um, and she has not been laid to rest yet. And she's uh, like this m- mogul, multi-million, like crazy rich Right, has like person. a company that sells like medicine and like all kinds of stuff, but it's all like fear-based. It's all like, mm-hmm. you better take this, otherwise something bad will happen. And, and it says stuff like, it's perfectly safe. Like that kind of language, right? Right. Uh, Bo is like the the face of the of the product line for uh, as long as he's a kid, I guess. Anyways, we come to this picture uh, that is Mo- is her name's Mona, right? Mona, yeah. Mona, his mom, but it's all these different faces. I guess all of her employees and all her yep. little cronies, right? And when when Bo takes a closer look at this picture. Uh, we see um, his therapist. Rod. We yep, see, Roger. we see uh, Grace and and Jeffrey. <laughs> Roger. Oh, Roger. Okay, I thought when I said therapist, I thought you were naming him Roger. Oh, therapist no. is Jeremy. We see. Um, uh, I think we see birthday boy stab man. We see people that were in the we the, see the, tat- the mob, the, the tattooed like homeless guy who like chases him to his door all the time or whatever. Right, right, right. We see all these people that he's come across <laughs> on his journey, um, in uh, in the picture. So yeah. at that point, it's it, like, oh shit, she's been pulling the strings the whole time. Yeah. And again, this is up. this is a point in the film where. It could be one of two things, right? We could take the stance that the events of this film literally happened, right? And his mom, like, is just gaslighting him the whole time. And uh, she literally was just, like, paying off this mob of people to live outside his place. But not only that, to reinforce all the fears that she instilled in him as a child, right? To, to show him that mommy's always right sort of situation. Mm-hmm. So when he left the door open, they're like, shit, we're going in his place because we're being paid to show him why he shouldn't have left the fucking door open. Yeah. Right? Stuff like that. Like, you can take it literally in, in that direction. Or, or it's like, sorry, last thing. Or it's like he's being punished for like, because he missed a trip to come see her. Well, sure. Yeah. Like what I'm saying, like it's something that, that it's like, you know. I'd but but that. That, doesn't, that doesn't really add up because the people that, if if that's if if this is what we're going with, the people that are paid to like watch over him oh took yeah, his I guess keys, you're right? right? right yeah. They took his keys and his luggage. Yeah. Um. Never so that doesn't really that doesn't really add up. But, uh, the other way that we can look at this is that his mother actually died, and he's trying to find a way to cope with it. And he's so ingrained in his fears from from his childhood or his whole life, really, that he needed to find a way to manifest her. And so she had to be like this, like puppet master. And so he just saw because 
I think I prefer the theory where uh, Bo sees things. Like, Bo... Yeah. Like, creates manifestations in the world. You know, he's, he's like, hallucinating, essentially. Yeah. And so, the theory that when he's looking at that picture, he's seeing the people that he saw, even though that's not who they are, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Does that make it sense? Does. No, yeah, it does. It does. So it's like okay. he's, it, it, it's all trying to like justify or not justify, but like reconcile. Right. Because he, um, he's got to reconcile this. This woman was his entire worldview, even if it was for the worse. Right. Yeah. And then she gets killed by a chandelier, which is another thing that just like probably wouldn't happen. But it's also probably the kind of thing that she would warn him about. Yeah, right? because because she she tells him, which we'll get to how she comes back, that one of her employees that like helped raise him volunteered to die. So her family would never have to work again, like generational. Right. Um, or if it is all literal, maybe she just had somebody killed for it, which maybe she would have. She sounds maybe she would have portrayed as this you know over the top evil woman. Um, uh, but let's talk about the sex scene because Elaine's there. Um, which again, this she used to she used to work for his mom. It's said you know she worked for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is kind of odd, obviously, how like they haven't seen each other in forty years or something like that, and they barely have a conversation. Next thing you know, they're in bed, you know, sleeping together. Um, do do do. But yeah, Mariah Carey comes on. <laughs> do 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 do. That, that is, can I say that um, in terms of like just shock factor and and humor, that might be the best use of a a, a song in a movie. Yeah, and like she starts just, it over too. Yeah, she has to start it over because the vibe's not right, and she needs to get back into it. Um, but this some this scene to me is so fascinating because it showcases so many different traumas and like behavioral things at once in sense of one we've established that he has this hyper suppressed sexuality like it's he he's never had an orgasm let's just say it like it is because he thinks that if he does he'll die right mm-hmm. which in a sense have you ever seen the the there's an old i'm not sure if it's real maybe it's real but it looks like an old 80s commercial or like it's like a it's like a health class you know abstinence like pro abstinence type thing Okay. And it's like this classroom and this guy raises his hand and he's like, well, what if I want to have sex before marriage? And the teacher turns around to him and says, I guess we have to be prepared to die. Like says it like very like a matter of factly. And I'm, I'm honestly yeah. not sure if it's a joke um, because those are the kind of things that unfortunately that like in super, like maybe super religious, super um, strict type, type households or like communities you're kind of given that picture of like, oh, this will lead to horrible, horrible things if you, right? Whether it's and you know, like I said, we're all adults; we can speak candidly. Whether it's premarital sex or masturbation, whatever, they're like, oh, then this is the end. This is some horrible thing. So Bo has that view that he's literally going to die, but at the same time, he's so unsure of himself, and he's he doesn't have the ability to like make his own choices or have his own boundaries that he still is like, I'm going to do this, I guess. Right. Like she, so like, even though his view on his sexuality is wrong and is unhealthy and it's incorrect, he's still like, 
I have to like go along and be complicit with these things because yeah, that because I, I love her, she loves you know that's what I have to do. Um, so I thought that's an interesting when you look at it like that that like contrast is like they're both bad, but because he's so unsure, he has no self. I don't say self confidence because that kind of oversimplifies it, but like no assertiveness in itself. Um, he just goes along with it, even though he's like, this is going to literally kill me. You know, I thought that was interesting. It is interesting. <clears throat> but he doesn't die. He has an orgasm and he survives. And for a split second, he's like got relief. And he's yeah. like, oh, I'm like, this is not true. But then in an, in, in a way it comes true where it's like, oh, if you have sex, horrible things happen. Because then out of nowhere, Elaine freezes and she's dead. Right. She is <laughs> dead on top of him. Uh stuck in the position that she they finished in. Yeah. Um <sighs> which is like the antithesis of what was described to him because his mom described basically said that the second his dad finished, he was instantly dead. Right. And so it's just like it's Honestly, this is a way that maybe it's like a way to symbolize his guilt even more is that now he did it to somebody else. Well, sure, because you know I mean? because his mom is never going to uh or at least it's it, it seems that way, uh never going to like actually harm her, her son. She's mm-hmm. just going to try and teach him lessons. Right? Uh through fear. Like it's all fear-based. And so when he does the thing that she told him not to do, I, my assumption at this point is that she kills Elaine, right? Yeah, like somehow, s- in some way. Poison dart, or I don't know, something. I don't, I don't know. Poison, poison tipped condom, perhaps. Yeah, Anyways, because she appears right afterwards. Right, right. Mona is in the room, and. Bo is filled with guilt. So directly prior to that is probably the first time in the film where Bo does not look afraid mm-hmm. because he's confronted something, had sex, and for a split second, the consequences weren't there, right? It's, it might have yeah. been the first time in his life that the consequences weren't there for, you know, doing something. Um, and she appears, and he's filled with this guilt and this shame and this fear again. Because his mom is not dead. Even though he says, I knew you weren't dead because I saw the birthmark on the hand of the corpse and I knew it wasn't you. Right? Um, where do we go from here? So, Well, so this is when it kind of all starts to unravel, right? So then his therapist, like, they just have this, this, these cr- this long discussion of, like, this heart-to-heart of, like... She's just talking about how, you know, he's never been grateful. Just it's it, I hate to say it, but it's this quintessential like parent talk of like you're ungrateful, you don't know. Right. And this shows like the parental resentment, which is a very real thing where it's like you took my life from me. Like I gave you everything and now I have nothing. Like you you know, there's like parental envy of like, well, you're younger, you have your life ahead of you, like and I lost mine, which is interesting because she's a billionaire. And right, she's super successful. You know, right? broke. Um, and it's this like, you never loved me like I loved you, which is just gaslighting, you know? It's just uh, manipulation. Um, 
and then his therapist shows up and they listen to tapes from the therapy sessions and um I had a point I was gonna make. But Bo is like asking about the truth for his father and begging for I need the truth about my dad, like blah 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 blah. And so then we get to the big shock of the movie. She's he's talking about his dream of like you put some another me in the attic and she has a line though where she says, That wasn't a dream, you idiot. That was a memory, right? Forces him to go up into the attic. Uh, which, you know, I guess in a lot of films can be like the the subconscious, that kind of stuff, suppressed things. And in this attic, he finds a man who's, you know, frail, got a long beard. As we discussed earlier, because of his T-shirt, it's implied that that is the other bow from his dream. I thought at first, like you did, oh, I guess that's his dad. He's been chained up there for forever. <clears throat> but then we hear a voice. I think it says, like, my boy or something like that. And he turns the light, and there is a giant, like, seven-foot penis. With, like, four with a, arms. With a face and, like, alien arms. It's like the thing, yeah. you know, like spider legs. Right, 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 right. spider legs. And it is, woof, it is something else. That's when. That's when, if people weren't lost... Before that, I think a lot of people probably got lost right there, right? Yeah. So, so his, his dad's, dad's a dick. dick. <laughs> he said the same line. Uh, and that's what I was talking about. Yeah, I said something earlier, Russ, that something can be like literal but also very metaphorical, where it's like, I, I've, I've heard a few different theories on this. Sorry, I know I'm rambling. Where it's like, one, the literal thing is like, yes, his dad is actually just a giant penis, which is something. Because Modi even sighs, like, says, like, do you have any idea what it took to, like, bring you into this world? Mm -hmm. Implying, like, what, how would she even be, you know, impregnated? Um, but I was going to say, like, in the sense of, like, okay, yes, literally his dad's a dick. But also, maybe his dad left. So well, he wasn't, he, he, he was a dick. Maybe I don't, I don't mean to, uh, uh, be insensitive here mm -hmm. because I don't think anyone ever deserves to be a single mother. But after meeting, after getting to know Mona throughout this movie, would you blame Bo's father if he left? Like, do you think that him leaving caused her to be that way? Or do you think she was already like this narcissistic? I, well, she mentions her mother and all the, like how her right. mother didn't show That's what her I'm, love. Yeah, exactly. So, no, but I would like to think that any father or any parent in general who leaves mm -hmm. for that reason, for being like, this is so unhealthy, would try and take their child with them. Maybe it's possible because she says that he died the second he orgasmed. So what if it was just a one-night stand? Maybe. And so that's another theory that that... Right, and so he didn't even know he had a son. Maybe, like, I've heard theories that, like, the fact that there's a seven foot penis in the in the attic, as far as like that's his father, is that that's literally the only connection is the fact that through a penis he was conceived. Right. So well, think about this, you know, at the beginning of the movie, he he's looking at a picture of his dad, and it's just like a faded face. There's yeah, no the face is not uh, you know is obscured. Um. Yeah, and I guess that's interesting too. Is that there's there's no sort of oh look, this is when you, me and your dad were dating when he was still alive. You know, like there's nothing right. like that. Right. So it's almost like if she was setting him up to think 
that she had those pictures, she would have used one. Because, like, yeah, it's not a picture of them. It's just a picture of him. And he's, like, yeah. walking, and you can't see his face, right? Yeah, and it's, yeah. Anyways. And, yeah, but, like, and so maybe you know, she's trying to, maybe out of her own embarrassment, her own shame mm-hmm. of being left by her husband or just having a one-night stand, that, that poor child, she says, I'm going to tell him that he's dead. Right, you know? right. Um, but that's not where it gets, that's not where it gets. Then Jeeves, all of a sudden, even though he blew himself up, right, comes busting through the glass, stab, <laughs> stabbing the giant balls. Yeah. Trying to kill this giant penis. And then with one of its alien arms, the penis just stabs him through the head, and now he's dead. Right. So Jeeves is dead. The penis is probably dying because it can't really, unless it has some sort of powers to heal itself. Anyway, so he leaves the attic, right? Mm-hmm. And his mom is just, like, yelling at him, berating him, saying, that, like, me, that was me. The, yeah, that was your father, you know. Right. Could so this is do? this is the other point in the movie where Bo lets go of his fear for, like, a fleeting moment because he starts to choke her, and he's, like, going to... Yeah, he snaps. ...to kill her, right? Yeah, he snaps, and... Uh, then he like comes out of it and he's like, "Oh my God, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Like I would never do that." Then she trips and falls, and it's not even like a far fall, right? See, yeah, like she falls into like a trophy case or something yeah. like that. See, that to and me was like dies. Quote. Yeah, it, it was like it was like that to me felt like. Dramatic manipulation and right because because you doing anything to harm your mother you're going to kill me right like why yeah. would you why would you give me anything but what I want like she's, that's going she, that's literally yeah, going to kill me she stops and is like staring at him and she's obviously flustered and frightened and then goes like <gasps> and then just collapses right and it, that, it looks like yes. an act to like make him feel even worse right. So then he's like, well, I guess there's nothing left for me here. So he, like, sets sail. Goes to the backyard and sets sail <coughs> on his boat. And then he comes into this giant like arena. arena, like coliseum sort of situation with, like, a jumbotron above him. And, like, he's literally on trial for uh, allegedly his crimes of not loving her enough, right? Yep. And in that trial, he can't escape. He's he's chained. His lawyer, <laughs> his, poor, his poor lawyer, right? Yeah, falls to his death. Well, he's and then thrown, I think, right? He's, he's thrown, thrown to his death. But it's it's interesting too. Sorry, is that his his defense lawyer because he's on trial. The the prosecution, which is with his mom, is so loud and so of the front. And the defense lawyer is so far away in the back that you can barely hear him. Right, you can't you can't hear him. He doesn't have a microphone or you know whatever, right? Yeah, just to sh- kind of show like what's happened to like the like stronger bow, the defense. That's right. Is that it's so far back that no one can even hear him. And then eventually, I guess his subconscious or whatever this you want to call this, just kills it and throws it off mm-hmm. and throws it onto this rock and he's dead. Mm-hmm. So then, I I wouldn't just say because in it was movie in a minute. You said the boat capsizes, but it's much more violent than that. Yeah, right. It like blows up. Yeah, well, it flips, but it just like flips around real quick, and then he's allegedly dead. Right. Yeah, he's like trapped underneath it. I think. 
So that's the end of the movie. We get credits. Yeah, and it's interesting because there's one scene, there's one little part at the end, and then we can wrap it up, is that, like, you know, he's, like, begging everybody. He's, like, you know, trying to talk and trying to talk and begging with his mom, and she doesn't even answer him. And he has this look, and it's, it's, it's like, the only, I guess it's, like, the third instance of the film where he doesn't look like he's afraid. He looks like he's just kind of, like, Maybe maybe it's like it's two things. Maybe he's like finally seeing her, and being like, "Oh, this is all you. Like you, you're doing this to me. This is all from you." But at the same time, like accepting, like I'm never gonna escape this. So this is it. You know what I mean? Like he just sort of accepts what's coming to him, but in an interesting way, not. Not a w- not from a place of fear, of a place of just like. It's not a positive thing, but it's just like, for the first time, you know. I guess he's like stands up, kind of. His face is not guilt; it's more just r- steady and just like, all right. I guess this is okay. You know what I mean? I, th- I thought that was interesting. And then he dies. Uh, I have my my own theory because I know this is an Ari Aster film, and it wasn't going to have a happy ending, but I want one. Yeah. Uh, as someone with anxiety, I don't want to th- believe that it's just going to consume me and, and, and literally put me on trial and kill me, right? So my theory is that Jeeves comes in and kills the penis monster, and when he leaves the attic, that allows Hero-Bo to escape, and then Fear-Bo dies. But Hero-Bo is out there in the world living his life. Maybe. So he essentially confronts his own fear by putting himself on trial and then just kills it, says, fuck this, I'm not going to deal with this, you know, or, or I'm moving past this. I'm capsizing the boat, if you will. That's not a metaphor, so it doesn't really make sense, but you, that's 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 my hopeful theory. It's yeah. not true. I'm sure it's not true. Or, you know, maybe, yeah, it's the, like, dying unto yourself of being like, this version of me has to, has to be dead, has to be in the past. Mm-hmm. But you if there was I'm no other version... He's just dead. Like if it's the last version, then you're, yeah. you know, if it's I've your ninth life as a cat, then as you're a cat, yeah. <laughs> but cool. Um, that's the film. Ed, that was a ton, yep. and we still didn't cover everything. But we're already like an hour and twenty minutes in, so we need to keep keep moving on. We are. Um, so, so what Zach, do you let think? Me, let me ask you. you no, let me ask you. Stuff. It's your episode. Okay, uh, fine. But is because if I ask. If I ask at the beginning of the episode, I need to ask at the end of the episode. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, sure. So it Fine. lines up, right? This is show notes. Mm-hmm. Y'all are getting a a, a a little window into how we uh, uh, figure shit out 119 episodes in because we didn't figure it out on episode <laughs> one. So I'm going to ask you, but is, Hunter, but is Bo is Afraid good? It is good. It, it, it actually is very, very good. I agree. Um, the more I sit with this film, the more I like it. The more I think it's really brilliant. Again, I think there's some things, you know, like the penis monster is is a lot. It is a lot, um, and it's very on the nose. Um, but I had a but blast it, watching it. It got you to like you didn't just laugh. You like grabbed me. And I we're know. laughing hysterically. Yeah. So you enjoyed it in the moment. Oh yeah. Like I was like it it had this moment of like of course. 
Of course. Right. Yeah. Of course it's a what else, 10 foot what penis. What else could it have been? Yeah, like, of course it's a 10-foot penis. Um, but this film is actually super powerful. Like, it really yeah. is. Like, there's so many things that I wish I didn't relate to in this movie where I was like, oh, I felt that. Like, I've been there. Oh, I feel that. And then, like, as a parent, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be this. Like, wow. Um, it's a lot, man. But, like, if you really just kind of let yourself be in it, it's really brilliant. It really is. I was completely mm-hmm. enamored the entire time. Like, I was entranced yeah. by it the entire time. Um. I might I'm I might even say you know I know for you I'm sure it will be but I might even say a golden good might be in this in this future. This is a golden good. This is a golden good nominee for me. And we'll revisit it in, you know, 9 months and see if it holds up. Yeah. Do we do golden goods in December? Yeah, we yeah. do. Yeah. And it's wild because like this is like possibly getting like an F cinema score from like Yeah, yeah, who fuck them. People people are going to hate this movie like for big time. Fuck them. But it's uh, so challenging. But like that's what that's what film needs. Like that's really what I think it's great that, that that this I think it's good enough that this film even exists is a is like a win for the film. Yeah. So this is a big W, whether you like it or don't like it. That a major studio, because I would call a twenty four a major studio. Yes. They that a major studio up. gave uh, a full budget and full creative autonomy to a director as creative as Ari Aster. Um, We need to do this more. This needs to be, like, if we just scraped all the Marvel and DC movies off of the pavement and just, like, threw them in the sewer and started giving directors just, like, hey, what passion project do you want us to fund? And because there weren't all these shitty fucking Marvel movies, people were going to see these passion projects in the yeah. theater. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, yep. that would be like the golden age for me. Like, I don't know. And I get the impression that we have more of these coming up. Like, uh, uh, obviously, James Cameron is given this luxury with mm-hmm. with the Avatar films, and we're going to get three more of those. I don't know if you're excited. I am, because I, th- I, you know, anyways. Second one got me. Uh, Second one got me. Uh, Greta Gerwig's Barbie—that is something oh, yeah. that she thought she thought was not going to be accepted by a studio, and a studio said, "Yeah, let's fucking do it." Uh, Oppenheimer. I think mm-hmm. I think that everything that uh, Christopher Nolan does is a pr- is a passion project, and we need more of this. We do. Yeah, and look, it, you can be commercial. Look, Chris Nolan—it might actually be his fault that we have Marvel and DC as the way they are now because he took a comic book movie. You know, like Batman, and made it. Don't say that. This it's a different. Well, Iron Man was no, drastically no, different. I understand. I understand. But took that and said, these can be art pieces. These can be studies of characters. These can be serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's a far cry from Ant Man of the Wasp and Black Adam. Let me get, let me make that perfectly clear. But that's what happens: is that they take this good thing and they just beat it to death and say, let's exploit it as much as we can, and now it becomes a shadow of itself. But yes, what I'm saying is, <coughs> to your point, there was a time when, you know, the most recent Scorsese film was like the big movie that came out. You know what I'm saying? Right. It wasn't just about IPs. And 
the unfortunate reality is that not only is this movie not an IP, it's an original idea, but it's also challenging. People don't want to be challenged anymore in the movies. They want to be like, I want to be comfortable and just see things that I like, and that's it. This movie, like, I felt like I ran a marathon, but in a really great way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think a good it's marathon. Like you said, a PR. But we must um, move on. To every movie sucks. Every movie sucks. Every movie, every movie sucks. sucks. Every movie sucks. Yeah. Um. Here we go. This is from uh, something Mint One Joyer, the Dick Monster. Why? Very disappointed in, in Ari. Sad face. And I was never once sacred. I think they meant to say scared, and that's because this wasn't a horror movie. It was a drama comedy. It touches of horror here and there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one says Jeeves is re- is relentless. That's true. Yeah. Bfigs04 says, gross and unnecessary. The entire movie was just dragging out nothing instead of actually forming a plot. Trying too hard to be sophisticated instead of actually making an interesting movie. Garbage. Uh, there are a lot of people who need films to like spell shit out for you otherwise they think it's just garbage if it's if it, if anything uh uh works with uncertainty or like if anything ends being open to interpretation people don't like it i'm not going to name this friend but i have a friend who hated pig oh no what hated pig and they're wrong. That friend is so wrong. Did, did they did they say why? Because it's 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 not what they thought it was going to be when they were going into the theater, and because uh, it has a more nuanced message than just "I need to save my pig." Mm. That's sad. Pig it made me pig made me cry. I I, I literally cried during pig. Uh, this is half star nerdy edit says couldn't finish the movie. My fiance and I felt extremely uncomfortable the entire time. Only made it through the first first half and then left when we realized it was three hours long. Let me tell you, you weren't supposed to feel comfortable during this movie. Yeah, this is a horror movie, y'all. What did you think you were getting into? Ari Aster. And it's not a jump scare horror movie. This is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Here's one. one. Uh, every yeah, go every hour of this movie felt like running a marathon through broken glass. So you said you felt like you were running a marathon when watching it. This person did too, but they didn't like it. They didn't have fun. Here we go. Half star. And then we can start wrapping up. Uh, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. That's the one you picked. <laughs> Wait, I got one more. Sorry, last one. Then I'm done. And, and then you can read, read one. Uh, I think if I had been killed during this movie, I would owe my killer a debt of gratitude. Damn. Oh, wait, uh, the half star is for Patty Lapone being in it and the sex scene where they were having sex to Mariah, always be my baby. The other two right. hours and 55 minutes were torture. All right, all yours. No, I'm not going to read another one. <sighs> no, that was the same one. It just I hadn't finished it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go. No, I'm 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 not gonna I'm not. Why? Because you're always like, all right, I'm gonna do one and then you do one and then you no. do three. <laughs> <laughs> it's every damn week. 
Sorry, just do I'm you, sorry. Just read your reviews and then let's move on to the next segment. I will. I will work on that. Read us one more. I've exited out of the web page. Okay, fine. Fine, fine, fine. We can do shindigs if you would better want to move on. Yeah, we can move on. That's good. Shindigs, shindigs. It's time for news. Mm-hmm. I don't have it pulled up yet. I'm sorry. Movie news. It's time for news. It's time for the fucking movie news. We're talking about news <laughs> and movies. Okay, here we go. Ready? Yep. Uh, let me pull it up so I can see you at the same time. Sorry. Okay, so I have news if Hunter doesn't. Uh, Bo is Afraid ahead. made $2.7 in the box office this weekend, which is not a high number based on how much uh, the, the budget was for the film mm-hmm. and could impact the likelihood that more films like this get made, which is sad. Unless A24 knew what they were getting into, but even then, other studios might look at those numbers and say, absolutely not. Continue, Hunter. Yeah, I actually... F- I would say that they knew they would they, w- they wouldn't make any money back, but I hope that they make a little more than that. Right. In other se- in other news, that's uh, going to corroborate what you are feeling and go against more movies being in this is that Mario is about to break a billion dollars. Yeah, <laughs> which is not what I expected. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's see here. Uh, Jonathan Majors is in some trouble. He is being dropped by his management and PR team, and has been dropped from multiple projects. And there is apparently rumors and a contingency plan in that he might be recast for as Kang. So that's happening. right after right after the mid credit scene where there's like a f- hundred of him. Yep. <laughs> um, because apparently more people have come forward and are working with the DA too. So we'll see. That's you know, uh, that's an interesting developing story. Uh, James Gunn has this has shared that Superman Legacy has officially uh, gone into pre-production. Mm-hmm. It's going to be filming in Atlanta in January. Uh, let's see here. Jolene Purdy has been cast as Mrs. Kikoa in a live-action Lilo and Stitch. That is apparently going to, be going to be replacing a character called Cobra Bubbles, and people are pissed. So that's happening. Here's some cool news. Mortal Kombat 2 is going to start filming in June. That's exciting. Are you going to fall asleep? No, I'm not going <laughs> to fall asleep. I just, yeah. Are you are you not excited about Mortal Kombat 2? Did, did you not like the first one? The first one was okay. Uh, every time we review a movie like this, I don't give a shit about all the IP stuff. And it's, it's all IP stuff. So I'm just yeah. waiting. All the news. Mia yeah. Goth, Mia Goth uh, has joined Blade. So there's that. Um... IP. Here's one that you sent. I am peeing. Here's one that you sent me. Adam Driver is in talks to play Reed Richards. IP. IP. Here we go. Got a new teaser and a new title reveal for Godzilla and Kong, The New Empire. Not It's not comic books, but it's IP. IP. Uh, the, uh, the original cast has returned for Insidious, The Red Door. Not IP. I guess at this point it might be IP because it's that franchise, is I, right? That is yeah. IP. Insidious movies have been going on because Insidious isn't Ten that years, like the same same universe as uh, like The Conjuring or is it not? Oh, like Annabelle or whatever. I mean, it's James mm-hmm. Wan, so maybe. Uh, here's one that uh, there's a trailer for a movie called The Boogeyman, which looks really scary. But I think it actually also might be IP because it's based off a Stephen King story. Does that count as IP? I think so. 
Uh, all right, we'll let that one pass. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I think these are all IP. There's 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 two that are not. Um, Twilight is getting rebooted in the mm-hmm. series. Uh, Juno Temple is in talks to star in a lead role in Venom Three. Elizabeth Olsen says she no longer has an active contract with Marvel and has not privy to any information about the Scarlet Witch's future, so she, so, so she might be done. Uh, apparently, Henry Cavill I- is in The Flash through archive footage, because that's, of course, happening. And then here's one that's not I- I- IP. Arnold Schwarzenegger is back in a movie called FUBAR. Okay. And the last thing, this is just kind of interesting news, is that Netflix, I didn't know they still did this, Netflix still rents out DVDs, and they are stopping. They're sending out their last one in September. So we got to order all the DVDs. All of them. And there's your news. News, news. news. IP news. IP news. All right, Zach, tell us about the Braves. Okay, here we go. So uh, 60 seconds on the clock, go. The Braves have been on a four-game losing skid. It's been pretty sad to watch after their eight-game win streak. Uh, Hunter texted me probably like five or six days ago <laughs> and said, "Are you used to the? Are you used to us being the best team in the league yet?" Uh, and we haven't won since. So sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, it's on you, Hunter. Um, and it's it's been it's our starting pitching has has continued to be on par. I would say like. We've had yes. a couple games where we've given up one, two runs, but today, Max Fried, today being Sunday, uh, April 23rd, uh, Max Fried gave up zero runs over six and two-thirds innings. That should be plenty. We had a two-run lead, which, you know, you can't you can't score seven runs every game, right? But when your starting pitcher gives you six and two-thirds with no runs scored, uh, you should be able to, to pull it out and... Our bullpen has been lackluster recently, which is upsetting because it's the same bullpen that was lights out just you know a week ago, uh, mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Like the same pitchers that are coming out that uh, are you know struggling. We've been really struggling at home. Yep. Um, we have a losing record at home. I think like we literally, it's been rough. Um and. Uh. It, you know, a lot of people complain about Marcelo Zuna because he 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 sucks. But <laughs> if you look at our lineup after, I mean, recently, like in this four game losing streak, after Ronald Acuna, our lineup has been playing awful. Like Ronald yeah. Acuna has been getting on base. He had three steals last night, Hunter. Three steals last night. It's like him and like Kevin Pillar. Are playing the best, and Sam Hilliard. Sam Hilliard's been yeah, playing like, well, but like, but like Kevin Pillar like and tonight. Sam Hilliard are are platoon guys. They don't play every night because yeah, uh, uh, for whatever reason, Brian Snicker, which I guess analytics say that we should we should play matchups. But when the people that you're putting in to play the matchups are hitting seven percent on the matchup that they should be hitting at a higher percentage, I don't know if that made sense. Don't put yep. them in the game. You see what I'm saying? Like if oh, yeah. if if Marcelo Zuna matches up better against a, a a a right-handed pitcher, but he's hitting literally like seven and a half percent against right-handed pitchers, 
why would you, you you don't make that you don't make that move yeah. in my opinion. Anyways, it's been a it's been a little bit of a frustrating week. I know baseball has its ups and downs. It's a very streaky game, and the Braves have plenty of time to get right. We still have uh, players on the IL that will help us out. Uh, oh, last thing, uh, Von Grissom has been doing kind of a bang up job. He's had multiple errors in multiple games since coming up, which is sad to see. But um, it does show why they weren't comfortable with him being the starting shortstop to begin the season. So, anyways, uh, Braves will bounce back, I'm sure. It's not the end of the world. But the Mets are – did the bet? Did the Mets win? I'm about to check real fast. Hold on. If the Mets won, they are now first place in the The Mets the were NL losing. The, Haw- the Hawks lost. Okay, well, it's just a shitty day. How did, how did uh, Atlanta United do? Atlanta United won. Okay, well, there's something to cheer for. Anyways, the Mets, uh, the Mets, the Mets lost. Okay, so we're tied with the Mets. Correct. No, we're, we're half game up. We're half game up. We're still a half game up. Yep. Interesting. But okay. that was very brave, Zach. That's that's so brave. Thanks, thanks, man. All Fucking right. thanks. Yeah. <laughs> It's whiskey shots. Are you going to do a shot of whiskey or no? I had a rough... I, I, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to drink some water in whiskey's name. Here. I'm going to go get some water. Cheers to whiskey. I drank a lot on Friday night, and I don't want to drink any whiskey, okay? Yeah, no, I get it. It's fine. <laughs> He's going to get some water right now. Going to get some water. Gonna get some water so we can do whiskey shots. We can do whiskey shots, yeah, yeah. He also has a snack. I can't really tell what it was. It's trail mix. Oh, nice. All right, so whiskey. I saw Jack today. Makes me miss whiskey. Whiskey, I saw Jack today, too, because I was with you like two hours ago. Two whiskey. Cheers. All right. Where can they find us, Hunter? They can find us on the internet. You can find us on Twitter at BIIG Podcast. You can email us at BIIG Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Bud is a Good Podcast. You can follow me at Hunter Callahan Music everywhere. You can follow Zach on Instagram at Zach to the number the THA future dot three one. And you know, like and subscribe and stuff, and you know, all that good stuff. We're gonna we haven't we haven't posted our schedule for next next month, but we're gonna do it next week. That'll be posted on the Instagram. I don't think we we don't post at other places, do we? No, but we can. We can whatever. Okay, I'm just trying to tell them where they can find it, Hunter. You can find that on Instagram for sure. Cool, cool. But that's it. Cool, cool. So, uh, go Braves. Go Braves. All right, bye. Bye. (laughs) But is it good podcast? Yeah, 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 yeah.